Right. Well, that's why the alarms went off. She had pizza in her pocket. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pizza probably pockets. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They got drug droids like checking her off for pizza. Hey, you got that one foot uh, foot ninja with his like he's pointing right at her like she's got the slice. Yeah, Caesar. <laughs> Little Caesars. <laughs> Did you mean to do that? Caesar! Oh, I did not. Oh, I was going to say that was great. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Jock. Bowabunga! Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good day to you all, fine ladies and gents. This is Josh Rourke. I'm here with my man, Rob Luther, and his man, Josh Witt. I'm we would like to welcome you back to another episode of Turtle Flakes. Yeah! Yay! Yeah. Alright, so. You're already better at this than I am. Of yes, course, I'm is. not saying much. Oh, shut up, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred times better. Oh, you start. Take off. Take a hike. But yeah, uh, guys, we are back to the 2003 era of the Turtles today. So this is kind of exciting. It's been a while since we've been to this era, so that's kind of cool. Man, I am so sorry. I have no idea what cartoon we're supposed to be watching That's today. okay. I got your back, man. I'm going to send you the link. Yeah, because I remember you said we were going to talk about a comic, and I hadn't read the one before that comic. I had, we were going to do issue five of the 2001 series, and I hadn't, issue, I hadn't read issue four yet, so I was like scrambling to read all these comics. Oh, bless your heart. I've, I should have told you. Yeah, so I can know what's going on. It's pretty cool so far. So darn, I had to read more turtle comics. <laughs> I know, such is life. So, uh, so guys, we'll, we'll um, uh, have you guys got any Ninja Turtle pickups? Yeah, actually, I've got two things I'd like to talk about. Um, I just uh, right before we recorded, we started recording this episode. I just uploaded the uh, fourth chapter of my Ninja Turtle series uh, called Ninja Turtles Punishment. Uh-huh. So, chapter four is up there right now. So awesome. you can find it on bargainbinradio.com, and you can find it all over Facebook. Yeah, I love it, by the way. That Ace Duck part was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried about that because if you haven't read it, to whoever's listening, it's uh, in the Turtles' lair, Mondo Gecko and Michelangelo are trying to trick Ace Duck into eating scrambled eggs. <laughs> you know, oh and hilarity ensues. <laughs> so I, I was kind of worried about how, you know, I like am I actually kind of writing cannibalism? I don't know. In a, in a weird way, I think I am. So <laughs> That's sweet. So. Yeah, so Chapter 4 is out, and the Turtles aren't actually in Chapter 4. This is all about the villains, uh, particularly uh, a character named Oroku Ryu, who is the Shredder's son, and, his, and another one of the Dominators, because none of them have kind of been around for a while. They've been talked about, but... They haven't shown up yet. So this one, it's the villains are center stage in this chapter. Awesome. I, I can't wait, man. Can't wait. So did you get any comics or any toys or anything like that over the week? Uh, I got one toy actually today. I got because um, I'm slowly trying to get all the original figures from back in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, none of the variants, just the main figures. I got a uh, ground chuck action figure. So Oh, sweet. Is it the yeah. blue guy with the horns? 
Yeah, the, the red. Yeah, the Red Bull, basically. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he didn't have no wings, though, but no <laughs> wings. And it's really surprising me. I guess you know. I mean, I guess I'm not as short as I was when I was eight or nine years old. But I don't remember these figures being so small. You know, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like, like the Bebop and Rocksteady are pretty tall, but like, and comparatively, like all the other figures are just, just really tiny it's like a gi joe uh, next to a ninja turtle you know what are these figures for ants <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how are they going to learn to read if they can't even fit in the building <laughs> oh jeez, oh, but uh well that's pretty still getting anywhere with you too i know i know <laughs> geez, look what you sign up for man jeez i'm sorry <laughs> oh yeah i did that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, sweet. So uh, what about you, Jay Weezy? Have you gotten uh, any turtle pickups over the last couple of weeks? Well, I do have some pretty sweet turtle pickups as of today, thanks uh-huh. to you, Bob. <laughs> no problem. So, so um, uh, it's been kind of a crazy week for me. Um, over this weekend, I ended up picking up a record player, so now I'm getting into vinyl. Uh, completely blown away by the quality. Anyone who's out there who's not checked out vinyl, uh, save up some money and then check it out because it's addicting. But anyway, <laughs> right, right. So I didn't want to be a hipster. I kind of stumbled up across on an accident. So all right, I'm going to go off on a tangent here real quick. So, oh, please okay. do. so Pokemon Go. I don't know if you guys are playing it. Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I started playing it, and there was this YouTube video saying that if you put your phone on a turntable, it'll walk for you and hatch your eggs. So, I went <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the we're at the thrift store looking for stuff, and hey, there's a record player there. Cool. And it was like a, a tape player, a record player, a CD player, all in one. Oh, cool. And it was like 25 bucks, all together uh, in great condition. So I bought it uh, with the intention of using it to uh, hatch my eggs in Pokemon. There was a record on it, and I turned it on, and then I was infected with the vinyl virus. Ooh. <laughs> it, sounds, it, it just sounded amazing. I was completely blown away by the quality. And then I started buying more vinyl, and I got a better turntable, and it's kind of taking over. But... Yeah, the v virus. Uh, yeah. So I didn't want to like it because, you know, I didn't want to be a hipster, but uh, some there actually is a lot of merit to what they're saying. You can't and fight the feeling. Yeah, I couldn't fight the feeling. So anyway, <laughs> so today uh, I got a package from uh, from Hoser Rob, and I opened it up, and there's a sweet skateboard and Michelangelo in it. It's really awesome. Uh, so it's uh, it's actually the, the classic collection series, like the re-release uh, it's really cool. It's Michelangelo, and he's got his awesome sunglasses on, his backward baseball cap. It's like totally really early 90s. Uh, he's got his turtle shell-shaped uh, skateboard and his uh, his inline skates or rollerblades, as his old folks used to call them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a totally awesome Michelangelo figure in here, brand new in the box. And then I look in, there's a pack of Turtles cards. Uh, I think I might try the gum later. <laughs> It's definitely well worth the 25 cents, but it's a Topps uh, pack of Ninja Turtles cards, the second series. And then there was something else in there. And at first I thought it was like, uh, it's a square with a picture of the turtles. And at first I thought, well, maybe it's like uh, something you hang on your wall because it's like a really nice, uh, thick kind of cardstock printing. And then I turn it over and it's actually a 45 record of the Ninja Turtles. So it's (laughs) actually, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. So uh, there's a group here. Uh, that did some Ninja Turtles inspired songs. So it's got the Ninja Turtles opening theme, Sewer Surfing, the Technodrome, Let's Kick Shell, Technodrome, Final Shell Shock, and TMNT closing credits. 
Uh, so it's David Kaplan, Chris Wall, Brandon Dove, and Dan Gluzak. And I think it's... I, I don't know if there's actually a band name on here, but those are the artists. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's called Let's Kick Shell. Yeah, as a matter of fact, what's cool about those guys is uh, they sell a lot of Ninja Turtle vinyls and, and classic cassettes and, and stuff like that. A lot of classic uh, music memorabilia. And Josh, actually, since you're getting into record collecting, they've got a lot of like Nickelodeon vinyls and stuff too, like of old 90s Nickelodeon shows and stuff. Oh so, my God. Do they have the beats? I think they do, actually, yeah. <laughs> or uh, what was what was Doug's band's name? Banging on a trash can. <laughs> Drumming on a, what was it, street light? Street light. <laughs> well, little voice is calling me, calling <laughs> I need more. more let's yo <laughs> Why? Because, because I do. I do. <laughs> wow. I oh. never thought I would be the cool guy. Ah, uh, you are the yes. one. Yes. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Man, I got to so, go watch my kids. Here we go. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were getting out of babysitting. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, that was something I didn't even plan. I was just sending that to him. I was like, hey, here's something cool you might get a kick out of. And I had no idea that he had bought a record player like, two days before that so that worked out nice yeah it's insane and it's really cool so the actual the record itself it's a small you know it's a 45 record so it's a smaller one but it's got like this crazy uh it looks like a tie-dye pattern so it's like black and gray and blue and then it's got a sewer cover in the middle like where you would put the um the spindle through the record so this is really awesome the sound quality is great uh it's just it completely blew me away it just kind of like the stars aligned i guess it was so funny because <laughs> I, i'm opening my wife is like how did Rob know that you had a record player? Like, this is like you bought it like a couple days ago. It was just insane. He's so. Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Rob is everywhere. Yeah, I'm I'm really pumped though. This is so cool. So, awesome, awesome pickups. Hey, sweet, sweet. Well, um, yeah. Well, actually, Josh had sent something down my way earlier, so I was like, I I gotta return the favor. And uh, actually, work steady. I got one for you too, man. I've got I've got oh, a still, yeah. dude. I've I've actually got two more vinyls. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get one to you. And I'm going to try to save one. Maybe we could do like a listener drawing soon or something like that. That'd be cool. Well, um, for me, I've not really gotten anything. Um, I did go to my comic shop about two, three days ago, and I did pick up a couple of Turtle comics. Uh, issue 11 and issue 12 of The Amazing Adventures, but that's about it. I've, I know um, issue 60 of the IDW series uh, doesn't come out till the 27th. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, oh, God. It's a nail biter. <laughs> sitting on pins and needles trying to just wait for it it's like oh yeah i know uh uh josh he, he laid it out there and said that splinter's dead so i want to see if he's right or not i'm curious yeah i think i'm i'm telling you right now splinter's gonna do that he's on his way out you know oh i don't know should we should we place bets on this uh jay wheezy yeah definitely i say he's gonna live josh says he's gonna die yeah so okay what's the loser got to do the loser has to. Oh, I don't know, man. Family-friendly podcast. What does the loser have to do? Sing a song on the next show. Find Sing. somebody on the street who's vaping and take it out and take a take a puff on their <laughs> vape for them. That would be the worst. <laughs> yeah. Then you have to make a video of it, post it on YouTube, and then you have to give the vape back and run away. And you have you to act. You have to act like you're all cool too, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and you have to be wearing headphones without actually listening to music. Yeah, state school kid. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, uh, we got a Twitter review today, and um, I figure we should just get into it unless you guys ain't got anything else to add. No, no, no let's do it. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep, pizza. Mm. 
Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? What tour are we reviewing? I'm glad you asked, Josh. We are reviewing the 2003 Thrashin' Michelangelo action figure. This is one that actually was really kind of special to me because uh, this was, I think, the first 2003 Ninja Turtle toy that I had gotten. And what's cool about it is it was the first year that my wife and I uh, were dating. So she had bought this for my birthday. And I remember thinking it was the coolest thing. She got a Ninja Turtle for my birthday. And it was the 2003 one. And I, I still have it to this day. And, and it's, I didn't even realize that he had nunchucks uh, until this week. They were strapped to the back. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, those come out. I thought they were actually part of the mold. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so now I got, him, I got him in his hands. And I was like, this is awesome. But I lost the skateboard a long time ago. Well, first of all, the prices for this figure, not bad at all. You can get it complete inbox on eBay for 20 bucks. Uh, and loose with with the skateboard, I saw it on eBay for like five sixty. You could buy it now, and it's it's a pretty common figure. Um, as a matter of fact, you can actually just search up Thrash and Mike Extreme Sports TMNT or something like that, and you'll have at least you know fifteen twenty of them show up. Uh, the card's pretty standard, of course, on the front. Um, you just got you know Michelangelo's head at the top, and then uh, a little sticker on the plastic where it says Thrash and Mike, and it kind of shows how he stands on the skateboard. And on the back, pretty standard, shows a couple of the other figures in the toy line uh, and a couple others in this particular extreme sports line. There was extreme. Extreme. Uh, Extreme. Oh, gosh, what what were the other ones on there? I can't hardly read this card here. I know there was one that was like Skatin' Raff, and he had rollerblades. And then there was another one with Donatello. I think it was Biker Don. I forget what. I think it was Skipping Leo or something like that. Don Skip- <laughs> I don't know Leonardo what it was. Deal about, uh, his idea of extreme is hopscotch. <laughs> I know, he's, he's been a straight-laced guy, I'm telling you. And uh, what's cool about the card, which I, I thought was interesting, that a couple of these 2003 figures, um, they came with a lot of DVDs of the cartoon. Um, there'd be like a, an episode or two on a DVD that would actually be sold with a toy. Now, they must be pretty rare because I'm looking at some variant cards right now on this website called uh, TMNTToys.com. And I have not seen any of these variants with the DVDs in them on eBay. So they must be kind of hard to find. But there's like one that says it comes with the Attack of the Mousers DVD. There's one with, uh, where it comes with a better Mousetrap DVD. So I've not seen those. Those must be pretty hard to find. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what they go for. Uh, some of the specs on the figure, uh, on the card it says um, Vehicle of Choice, Ninja Skateboard and Battle Shell. Weapon of Choice, Nunchucks. Birthplace, New York City sewer. Height, 5'2", which I guess that's about proportional. Okay, but in the cartoon, they, they had to have been like 3'8". <laughs> uh, or else that would mean that April's like 7'5". <laughs> well, you never know, man. Ah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Weight, 180 pounds. Uh, age, 15. And previous form, pet baby turtle. So, <laughs> there you go. And then the description on the back uh, says, Michelangelo is a radical skateboarding thrasher with a mondo attitude. He's a natural-born comedian who loves to crack on his fellow turtles and uses nunchucks to crack on the Foot Clan. Mike is the ultimate teenager who loves fast food, video games, action movies, comic books, and air guitar. With a tricked-out sewer surfing skateboard, Mike practices everything from half-pipe to a 360-degree sewer splashing full-pipe quadruple flip trick. Oof, I can't believe I did that in one take. 
Nice. <laughs> I'm finally getting better after all these years. Jeez. Now, as far as the articulation, really, really good. Uh, the head moves side to side. The shoulders have ball joints in them, so they kind of move in and out and up and down and side to side. Uh, wrists uh, have joints on them, and the elbows have joints on them. So uh, the legs are about the same. The only thing is the legs do not have a knee joint. So it's, they, they still have ball joints at the upper thigh, but no knee joint at the legs. So the, hmm. the legs are a little bit more limited, but, yeah, not, not bad. Uh, definitely a lot more articulate than the original molds. And another thing about these figures that I didn't realize compared to the original molds, the 2003 figures are slightly bigger. They're a little bit taller than the um, 2003 ones. Five foot yeah. three? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, uh, I have a loose figure of skateboarding Michelangelo. Actually, the one that I sent to you, Josh, I have a loose figure of him, and I put him side to side with this skateboarding Mike, and he's at least a half inch bigger or taller. So I never really noticed that before. And as far as accessories, he's got his uh, little skateboard that it looks like it's got like a little motor on it. It's got a little uh, like a turtle head on top of it. Let's see. And he's got two nunchucks. So pretty standard as far as the accessories go. And what I really like about the figure is just kind of the, the mold itself. It's a very vibrant figure, uh, very detailed. He's got like a little, um, it's kind of like a yellow jumpsuit. It almost looks like April's, but it's also splashed with a lot of orange on it. So it really sticks out turtle shell knee pads, a turtle shell helmet, um, elbow pads, and he's got this belt that you can actually take off of him, but the belt also holds two nunchucks in the back, go figure. Uh, the accessories aren't bad. They're, they're really not bad. I've seen some figures, like the Hunt action figure of this toy line wasn't much, but I think the accessories on this one are pretty good. Um, the only thing that I had a gripe with is I do remember the skateboard. One, it doesn't have a foot stand or anything like that. You know, where you could actually stand him on top of the skateboard and he won't fall off. Really? Yeah, yeah. It wow, doesn't... I'm surprised. There's not like a hole in his foot or anything? No, no, there isn't. There was a peg or anything attached to it? No, that that's the thing I was I was wondering about because that would make a lot more sense, but uh, yeah. I, it's not on there. And, you know, uh, this, this skateboarding Mikey one does have it. Oh! I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweet. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, and then the other thing is the skateboard itself it doesn't have like a spring to it. So like it's not like one of those... You know, old cars you had where you stick it on the floor, then you wind it back, and then you let it go, and it springs forward. The skateboard doesn't have that. It's just a standard rolling back and forth, no um, spring resistance or anything like that. So you can't really scoot Michelangelo around. So I think that would kind of be like the difference between like you know just a regular skateboard and then like the, like the old cheap. You remember the cheap skates? Cheap skates. What were those? Oh yeah, yeah. From the, the Robin Luther. Oh, you take off. <laughs> No, it's the one with I thought the, this was a Turtles podcast. Come on. <laughs> it has like a, a foot, like the foot clay and foot symbol on it. Yeah. And you'd hit it and it would like kick out. And then on the back, it had like a fan. It looked like um, one of those boats that they have in like um, in swamps and stuff like that where there's a big fan oh, on the back. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, that. yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what were they called again? Oh, Rob Luther. Um, oh, you hoser. <laughs> no, man. I, I can't say that. No. <laughs> You sent me some vinyl. You're definitely not a cheapskate. This, this is awesome stuff. Ah, I stole it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so overall, I would give this figure, oh gosh, for nostalgia reasons, I want to give it higher, but uh, I'll give it seven half pipes out of ten. I think that's a pretty solid score for this figure. I really, really like this one. Definitely means a lot to me because it was kind of around that time where I was getting back into the Ninja Turtles, and it's the first toy my, my old lady bought for me. 
Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and get into the comic review. But unfortunately, uh, Josh O'Rourke had some internet problems, so he unfortunately wasn't able to finish out the episode with us. But I'm still stuck with this hoser. Josh. Yeah, unfortunately, the Utrams came in and they they messed with his internet connection. So <laughs> he's kind of the voice of reason. You notice that you and I, I were know. kind of picking on each other, and he's he's kind of the one that's like, okay, guys, let's get I back know. on track. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I like it. So um, we are back to the fourth volume of the Mirage comics, um, written by Peter Laird, and hoser do you remember the storyline up to this issue because we are on issue five and i vaguely remember some stuff like i remember when the utram showed up and i remember the master uh, utram or the, the supreme leader uh snoke no not not, not him, not him. <laughs> he, that, but that would be amazing crossover it would be uh but yeah i think it was korriban yes yes korriban um not related to cinnabon he came in, and he, I remember he did. Was he the one who came out of the shuttle on Earth and fell yeah, all the way the, down the steps? Yeah, we were laughing about him falling. <laughs> it was awesome. They're like, you know, they're like, they're, they're like, there's, there's all this pomp and circumstance, and he lands, and everyone's like, ooh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And Hush falls over the crowd, and they're like watching him. And then he trips. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and he trips. <laughs> and he trips. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. But, uh, yeah, so we are on issue five of this series. Uh, and this particular issue was written or was published in August 2002. It was written, lettered, inked, and toned by Peter Laird. So I think he had a little something to do with this. Um, layouts and penciling was done by Jim Lawson. And you can totally tell. Looks great. Uh, yeah. let lettering was done by Eric Talbot. And the cover painting was done by Michael Dooney, which I love the cover of this. I love the cover of most of the issues in this volume. Yeah, they definitely have a different look to them. Yeah. The, yeah, they're really great. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that painting kind of style like that. It looks really good. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, again, as Rob said, we are in volume four, issue number five. And uh, on the cover, it shows a big robot-looking figure. He's got a huge arm. And you see Raphael and Michelangelo charging towards him. So yeah, uh, looks great. That's, that's actually the exact same thing on the first page. So uh, it, it's great. It looks like, like something out of a monster movie. You can only see half of him. And he looks like he's kind of rising out of the sludge in the sewer. And uh, he's he's getting up and walking towards the turtles. And the turtles just uh, see see this huge thing coming at him. And they just instantly go straight at him and start attacking. Yeah, yeah. And I remember he was in the very, very first issue of this volume, this giant robot guy. And we at the time, we didn't know who that was. But he seemed really friendly. I do remember that. And I remember they were on the moon getting ready to land on Earth. I think they had to fix their transmat or something like that before they could land on Earth. So we find out after the turtles try to do a lot of damage to this, this huge robot. And the action scenes look great. You got Michelangelo like crawling on the robot's neck and trying to you know, rip his little robot head off or whatever. Well, and it's funny because the robot is actually being really civil the entire time. Yeah, and they're just guys. like going at him. Yeah. They're like, they're like trying to beat on him and everything. And uh, he's like, no, you know, th no, that's quite a enough of that. If you keep up this foolish, you may damage me. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, the turtles, they, they beat somebody up and then ask questions later. Yeah. And then Raphael, like, stabs him with one of his side. And he goes, now, are you quite finished? Yeah, And the, the side's, like, still sticking out of him. I mean, just imagine if you were, like, a poor little kid trick-or-treating in the, in the sewers. You yeah, know? they rough you up, man. Were... <laughs> you probably get stabbed. <laughs> yeah. So, finally, we get uh, to where the, the giant robot 
realizes, oh, wait a minute, uh, I should probably uh, transform into something that's a little bit more recognizable. And we find out that it's actually Fugitoid. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot I, w- I even had this kind of giant Transformer look going on right now. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, so I think it's actually Michelangelo that recognized him as, as Honeycut Fugitoid. And it's cool. There's a little note at the bottom that says, for the origin of Fugitoid, see Fugitoid number one. Uh, TMNT Volume 1, number 5, which is actually, I think, the last episode that we reviewed. Or yeah, issue that yeah. We reviewed. So it kind of ties in really nicely. Yeah, that's right, because uh, Fugitoid was captured by, I think, the Human Federation first, and then the Triceratons came in, and that's it's exactly where we were at. The last episode, that or the last issue we covered was a Triceraton deathmatch uh, issue. Look, it was a great, a great comic. Yeah, that one was awesome. Oh, I, I love that one. So, um, so now everyone is waiting anxiously in the... I guess the little turtle layer for the broadcast because the, apparently the Utrams, they've landed on Earth. They've been here for a, a couple of days now, and they were going to make a huge announcement regarding why they're here. So finally, Michelangelo and Raph are like, hey, Fugitoy, come, come on into the turtle layer. you you got to check this out. And uh, Donatello's there, and of course, they're really, really happy to, to see him. Um, I, lo- I love the, the line that uh, Raph has, too. It's hilarious. What's he say? I can't remember. He's like, uh, Fugitoid walks in, and he's like, hey, Donatello! And he goes, oh, the geek fest begins. <laughs> That's probably what Josh O'Rourke says as soon as we start talking. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, um, and actually, I, I skipped the part with the uh, the Coast Guard. They're out there kind of patrolling the waters because um, this, this huge transmat has actually uh, landed uh, on the surface of the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, basically, the Coast Guard is trying to take care of crowd control at this point because people are taking their boats right up to it, trying to figure out what's going on, kind of waiting in anticipation. Um, and then uh, right after that, we see this this little, I guess, I don't know what you would call it. It's like this little ship beams up from the transmat. Uh, but, yeah, I don't even know what it is. I, I don't really remember why it did that. So, Rob, can you give us a sound effect? A sound effect? Yeah. No, the, the beaming. Oh, oh. <laughs> tractor beam <laughs> sucked me right in <laughs> but uh so then we get a cutaway of and I, boy i love this this shot here it's on page nine josh um of i think that's just i don't know if that's casey walking down the street but you see somebody walking down the snow-covered street i just love this definitely kind of makes you feel like almost like a kevin eastman book you know jim lawson's art style is very very similar in that it's very detail-oriented so you see April kind of looking out the window. She looks real sad, and we kind of find out why. Uh, so she's she's really uh, concerned about having a baby. It sounds like they've been trying to trying to have a baby for a while, and it just hasn't been happening happening yet. So yeah, and keep in mind this is this is many many years after the first volume of the Ninja Turtles. Um, I think Josh at work said it was fifteen years after. So and I want to say in the first volume they were around fifteen years old at that point, and mm-hmm. so they're about thirty now, which is. Which is our age, isn't it, Hoser? Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. It kind of speaks a little bit more towards uh, our our demographic, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's why I tend to really like this series. Um, I kind of relate to a lot of the themes going on here. But, yeah, Casey, he's trying to cheer her up. He you know, gets her a big old bowl of popcorn. I forget what kind it was. He had some oh, it's of- a Brewer's Yeast and Lemon Pepper. There you go. Yeah, Brewer's Yeast and Lemon Pepper. That sounds pretty good. It does sound good. That sounds like it'd be good on a pizza. Yeah. Closing the show with it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Casey's doing his best to just kind of cheer her up and say, hey, relax, you know, don't worry about it. Things will work out. 
and he, and he's like, hey, by the way, the the TV station, it's it's about to the big um, announcement's about to come on. And then uh, we get the cutaway that we alluded to earlier of the turtles in the turtle lair where uh, Honeycut comes in. Of course, Donatello is very, very happy to see him. And I love how just the subtle things here. I love how the first thing that you see uh, of Donatello, he's got a book in his hand, just sitting in a chair. Yeah, he's he's chilling. He's probably reading like a a technical manual or something. Right, right. (laughs) And I just I love that. I love little things like that where it's it's easy to overlook. But I notice stuff like that, and I think that just kind of further spotlights their their characters. And finally, they crowd around the TV, and it starts. And I shall... Yep, and it, it goes to the Utram on page 15, Korriban, addressing the, I guess, the world. Because all of the TV stations have been turned to this one announcement. So, he says... Greetings, citizens of Earth. Thank you for allowing me this opportunity to speak to you in this form, on such short notice. My name is Korriban, and I am the ambassador to Earth. From the Utron Confederation, I bring you welcome from my people. Turn the page. And he's just sitting there. He's got, I, love, I love all the microphones right up to him. Uh, he says, we are not invaders, we are visitors. We have come to your world in peace, seeking no conflict, no conquest. Instead, we hope to offer you entry into a greater world. And then uh, you, you see this cutaway to this, you know, crummy old TV and all these guys. Who are these guys? I, th- I think there's just it's, it looks like it's almost like a gang or something like hanging out in, in like an abandoned subway or something. Oh, I see. I see. There's an actual a banner um, on page 17. It's the bottom. left. Oh, panel. it's the Manhattan oh, militia. militia. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so I didn't even catch that the first time. I didn't either. I didn't either. But, yeah, they're all just kind of sitting there huddled around the TV. It places all trash strewn and everything and uh you know the guy on that panel on uh the bottom right kind of mm-hmm. looks like jim lawson a little bit <laughs> he does he's got the goatee and everything and the, yeah, the hair funny. so uh but anyways he takes a gun out and he shoots the tv as corban's giving his message so <laughs> yeah. she's like geez what i love that yeah he's, he's like so as the utrum's speaking he's like man this jilly-headed freak this is our planet you scum and then he starts, uh, and then the Utron like is talking to share many things: culture, art, science. He's like, "We don't need your stinking culture, you piece of crap." Hey, shoots the TV. Shoots the TV. It's hilarious. And then the girl's like, "You stupid moron! Now how are we gonna watch Wrestle in the Night?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, one of my favorite lines here. And uh, the other guy goes, "Yeah, and you made me spill my beer all over my favorite Skull Factory T-shirt. I'm gonna have to moiterize you." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, you know, and then we get another cutaway here, and this is to Shadow and Splinter, and I forget that superhero guy's name. Yeah, I, I don't remember who he is. He's got a weird forehead, though. Yeah, he does. Is that his I hair? I don't know what that is. I can't I feel like we should know this. It's probably from a... He is. I actually found out um, that the superheroes that are in this volume are actually in volume two. Um, and I want to say it was issue 15 is when they first make their appearance, but I've not read the volume... I'm sorry, did I say Volume 2? Volume 1. I meant Volume yeah. 1. Yeah. Um, issue 15 is where these superheroes show up. I just can't remember their names off the top of my head. Um, so we see them uh, once again watching TV, and the Utram says, The base which we have created in your Atlantic Ocean, just beyond the city shore, contains a transmat station. And with the cooperation of the people of Earth, we hope to establish this base as a nexus of interstellar trade and cultural exchange. So, 
kind of an interesting... I wonder why they would choose Earth. If, if what he's saying is legit, I wonder why they would choose Earth, you know? I know. It's, it's really a strategic advantage uh, in, as far as uh, resources, like natural resources, and also things that are exclusive to Earth, such as pizza. <laughs> I knew there was a joke in there somewhere. I was like, you're setting something up. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's all they wanted. They would just want a good pizza. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it'd be worth it. I'd set it up on interstellar transport for pizza if I didn't have any. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what else are you going to do with your time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. Shadow, she uh, she kind of seems a little suspicious of all this. Um, she's like, yeah, but no offense, Splinter. You're probably right, but that was... Oh, Splinter's like, you know what? These guys aren't that bad. I, I remember encountering them a long time ago, and at first things were a little rough, but gen- generally they're good people. Yeah, I was really shocked at that quote. He said, I, I have... Um, well, I'll, I'll just read his whole quote. So the Utrom's appearance is strange, I agree, even to such a mutant oddity as I... And with my first encounter, the Utrons were not terribly pleasant. Um, and I have since found them to be profoundly decent and honorable creatures, which is really a high high praise from someone like Splinter. That really yeah. surprised me. Yeah, yeah, and that that's based on another issue that uh, we saw where it references Volume 1, Issue 3. That's mm-hmm. where the Utrons took them in the first place, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but he's talking about that was the one bad time. But overall, they've been a pretty good race of people i guess or brains or whatever you want to call them (laughs) (laughs) but shadows she's not convinced i think shadows like 15 or 16 in this in this series she's not convinced she's like yeah but no offense splinter you're probably right but that was a long time ago who knows what might have changed with these guys and what's the real agenda and that's i remember reading this series and that's exactly how i felt i think there's something i can't remember exactly what happens but i do you have any suspicions on what might be going on? Yeah, I mean, it seems kind of sinister to me. Yeah. And to me, it's like, well, so they're opening up this portal, and I'm like, they're obviously going to bring some... I mean, they could bring anything through it, right? They could bring weapons. Oh, yeah. They could bring an army. Like, it's it's like Krang all over again, right? Right. So, I mean, maybe not, but like you're saying, I mean, besides pizza, I don't know what natural resources the earth would have that they might need right? right so it's yeah it's it's hard to say yeah well they could um you know import some crank cocktails oh yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the, we cut away from shadow to i think this is karai here yeah this is karai yeah yeah they kind of look similar too did you notice that yeah they do they look very similar yeah, and he, um, she's watching this broadcast. She's kind of got this sinister look on her face, like, I don't know if I believe in all this, you know? Yeah. But she she continues to watch, and I'll read the speech here from Corban. Uh, in the meantime, excuse me. Oh, he actually takes a sip of water. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I wonder what he's drinking. I wonder if it's like uh, Diet Mountain Dew or something. I think it's a crank cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he drinks the hard stuff. Yeah, that's right. You got to be at least 321 years old to drink that. <laughs> yeah. uh, he says, in the meantime, we will stay one year. Now, I, th- I thought this was really curious. He says, in the meantime, we will stay one year. And if by the end of that year we have not found your welcome, we will leave. We will remove our base from your world and restore its rocky core to your moon. And we will not come back for another hundred years. So even if they're persecuted, they're coming back. Right. So, so and they goes, the choice is yours. Thank you and good night. And then that's you know it. What's, you know what's funny? Uh, Thank you. Good night. No. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> really you, strange? Dark is, good night. Yeah. 
right when uh, right when he says, uh, and we won't come back, you know, uh, after you will leave and not come back for a hundred year, years, Karai actually smiles if you look. Yeah, yeah. So she seems she seems almost relieved that they're going to leave. Right. Right. No kidding. Yeah, that's true. I, I wonder what's going on there. There's got to be a reason she's acting that way. Yeah. So, and then we get this really interesting kind of monologue here. It says, in this kind of fast-forwards into time, it says, Corban's speech was short and to the point. The raging worldwide debate which followed it was not. Months passed while the governments of the world's nations struggled to come up with a consensus about our visitors. Several regimes did not survive the social and political upheavals precipitated by the Utram's presence, and the debate began again. Science books were rewritten. New UFO UFO cults emerged while others floundered. The world's religions tried to make sense of the alien presence within the constraints of their particular doctrines, with varying degrees of success. The stock market rose and fell, and rose again. The majority of the Earth's citizens adapted remarkably quickly to the reality of first contact. Within weeks, Utrams were showing up as guests on the TV talk shows, and sometime around the third month after their arrival, the vicious bidding war ended with one major toy company in possession of the exclusive rights to Utram action figures and related that's, merchandise. I love that. That's, that's what it is. That's their plan of world domination. Playmates merchandising, got them. Merchandising. <laughs> Utram's a flamethrower. The kids love that one. <laughs> he says, gradually, bit by bit, and confounding the pundits and, and cynics and pessimists, out of the chaos came relative order. One result of the presence on Earth of various alien life forms, for the Utrams had not come alone, was the passage of strong Xenoform Protection Acts in nearly every country, thus allowing the free and unmolested activity and existence of intelligent non-human species. And not all of them were aliens, strictly speaking. So, this is really, really interesting. So eventually, the world begins to accept the Utrams and accept the fact that they're here. They seem very, very peaceful. They've even embraced the Utrams almost as celebrities, you know, uh, having them on talk shows and things like that, even their own toy lines. Um, but to me, I think it's just it's the calm before the storm. Something, maybe the Utrams are are pretty innocent, but I think that transmat somehow will be used for evil. Do you think they'll have like reality TV shows like Big, Big World Brainy People? <laughs> <laughs> They got like Utrams like trying to make breakfast and stuff with yeah, the yeah. Arms or or the real the real brain world. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, or the Utram Jersey Shore. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. <laughs> you could have Utrams with spray tans. Oh my gosh. Spiked awesome. hair, spiked brains. Piercing their brain lobes. Yeah. Fist pumping. Well, yeah. with their tails or whatever those are. Tentacles. Tentacle pumping, yeah. <laughs> Going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, sweet. So, you know, I think there's there's definitely this is this is too easy. You know, there's there's definitely more coming to it. And I love I love Peter Laird's writing style. He he's got a very good sci fi tone to his writing. Um So uh several months have passed by, I think it's exactly six, and um we've got April on a boat. And uh, we've got some Utrams on this ferry as well. And looks like this this, this cool-looking alien, I don't even know where he's from, but he's on the boat as well. And they're just kind of all standing there waiting for their transport, I guess. And it's kind of cool. The, the turtles, they, uh, they come up and 
They're not jet skis, are they? I don't know what those are. Yeah, they're like they look like almost like uh, a hovercraft, but they're on water. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, it's weird. It's yes. like a, it looks like a swoop from Star Wars. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. And so they they come up, and what's cool is this is broad daylight, but it doesn't matter because oh, there's a whole bunch of aliens walking around, so the turtles can get away with it. <laughs> which which I you know what that's a really cool take. Because the turtles no longer have to live in the shadows. They, they no longer have to hide out in the sewers. So they're coming out of the shadows? Yeah, almost like they're coming out of their shells. <laughs> <laughs> coming out of our shells. <laughs> uh, coming out. <laughs> Sorry. And then, uh, so where were they walking to, Josh? Because I can't remember. Were they going into the transmat? Or what was going on here? Oh, the oh, um... So yeah, the turtles uh, have gone up to the uh, this floating craft, and it looks like they're actually going through. It's, it almost looks like they're trying to get into, uh, I guess, sort of the portal nexus. So it's almost like going through an airport. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they're, it looks like they're making their way there, uh, potentially to actually go on a trip. Right. And uh, by the way, guess who's guarding this portal? The Foot Clan. And I'm thinking, because they, they wanted to hire people that were good with their hands, and they're not using any weapons. Um, so the Foot Clan is patrolling this portal. I could see that being a problem. Yeah, that looks a little shady. Yeah, with Shadow kind of smiling the way she is. I think she's going to... I'm sorry, not Shadow. Karai smiling the way she was. I think that's foreshadowing that there's something going on. Maybe she's using these Utrams, or at least this Transmat, for something evil. So, I don't trust her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's weird because it seemed like she wasn't she wasn't happy that they were there, but I don't know. But uh, but yeah, so it basically ends with Shadow walking through the portal, and for some reason the alarms go off like she's got a weapon, and the Foot Clan they point at at her and start they're about to attack her, and that's where it, this issue ends. So um, we don't really know what's going to happen next. So do you have any predictions, Hosehead? Well, I think the Utrons are probably going to take a bunch of pizza back with them. <laughs> I think that's but, all it is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's probably the majority of it, but I'm, I'm sure that the Foot Clan probably have some nefarious plans. Right. Well, that's why the alarms went off. She had pizza in her pocket. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pizza probably pockets. what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got drug droids, like, checking her out for pizza. Hey, you got that one foot, uh, foot ninja with his, like, he's pointing right at her, like, she's got the slice! Yeah, Caesar! <laughs> Little Caesars! <laughs> <laughs> did you mean to do that? Caesar. Oh, I did not. Oh, I was, was going to say that awesome. was great. <laughs> oh. oh, sweet. Well, there's only one other thing I want to um, read real quick. Because I, you know how in, in the end of a lot of the Ninja Turtle magazines, you'd have readers write in. Well, listen to this. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a, it's a novel. But I just want to get the first two paragraphs read. Dude, listen to this, this letter. And this is going to Peter Laird, you know, the creator of the Ninja Turtles. Here's what it says. Dear Mirage, I'm writing to you today because I felt that I needed to get something off my chest about your comic. I bought every issue of your new series, and although some people may find this as a take-back to the original Mirage production, I cannot find myself in a nostalgic trip in time at all. The characters in your book are now so empty and seem like they are made of wood. After the conclusion of The City at War, the Turtles had grown out of the name Teenage. They were now truly adults, and I'm sure that many others saw this. 
They had matured now that they had been seen all the hardships of life, and at the end, I was really expecting them to break up and go on their own paths and discover what was in the world. But instead, it seems as if they're still together, and as a result, it seems like they have turned into downright morons. Casey Jones, like the Turtles, has also seen the hardships of life, losing his wife, raising a child, that you would also think that the that he would have matured, but instead he's still using lingo from the 80s, which, by the way, is truly annoying as heck. But he didn't say heck. I can't stand to see him shouting gnarly and shut up, bonehead. And by the way, shouldn't Casey have a job? I see. Here's a second paragraph. I see that you also have brought back characters from the crap fest that was issue 15 from the first volume of the TMNT, which you yourself wrote. And I pray that they do not have large roles in this book. Heck, don't even leave them in as comic relief, because to me, they're more like a burden. The whole letter's like this, man. That's only half of it. But, oh. like, he is slant. I mean, just calling what Peter Laird's doing like, crap fest? Jeez. Now, do you, yeah. do you agree with any points that he made? Uh, no. I don't either. Not, not at all. I love this series. I mean, it's slower paced, but I like that. There's a good buildup. I, I don't think the superheroes affected this in any any horrible way um i do like the fact that there are signs that the turtles are older in this he he alludes that they're the exact same and they're not you can tell a difference i did you i'm gonna read peter lear's response so oh you got this you got this. yeah yeah it's it's pretty great so but well we won't read the whole guy the guy's whole letter but at the end um I'll, i'll read his last paragraph I'm sorry for having to write such a negative letter, but like I said, I had to get this off my chest. You might say that the Turtles aren't fully developed because the series is new and you're trying to give readers a feel of what the Turtles are like, but I've already seen the characters done before and I cannot stand to see them drastically change like this. I'm almost certain that the majority of your readers are followers of the original Mirage series. So Peter Laird writes back, Gnarly letter, dude! I'm reminded of the old joke about the guy who goes to his doctor and says, Doc, every time my arm, I move my arm this way, it hurts like heck. And the doctor responds, well, stop, stop moving your arm that way. <laughs> it's true. Seriously, if you're unhappy with this new TMNT comic, please stop buying it. Don't waste your money with, uh, or time with my, quote, crap fest, and we'll both be happier. Peter Laird. Oh, I love that. Good answer. <laughs> it's pretty awesome to, like, that not only that he took this letter – and he printed it in it, but he actually wrote a response. That really shows a lot of character on Peter Laird's uh, part. Yeah, and he didn't say anything rude. He didn't, no. he handled that like a champ, I'm telling you. And uh, yeah. that was a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> he came prepared. <laughs> Put those away. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet. So, Hoser, um, what do you think of this issue? I really, really liked it. Like, you know, I, I feel like I can relate to it a little bit more now that, uh, you know, we're both – about the same age as what the turtles are in this comic. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, you know, it shows that, you know, the turtles are, have a, a larger view of the world. You know, they're more concerned about, I guess the politics and the, the world at large, as far as the Utrams coming. And, uh, even though they did attack, uh, Honeycut or uh, fugitoid as soon as he showed up, uh, which is kind of an immature reaction. Yeah. I think they're, you know, it shows like at the end of the comic, they're actually going to the Island to try to go through this, uh, this nexus or whatever so you know they're being a little bit more open-minded they're concerned more about uh the world at large and um and you know even uh casey and and april you know they're kind of moving on with their lives and they're trying to start a family and uh it's just cool to see that uh the characters are more mature and that Definitely. even the story is more mature right it's not just a clear-cut you know the bad guy shows up and we beat him up which they kind of 
you know, poked fun at at the beginning. Right. <laughs> um, now it's, you know, now it's a little bit more serious. You have to find out, you know, well, what are the intentions of these creatures? What's really going on? And kind of do some investigation before you just start, you know, wailing on guys. Oh, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And, um, geez, I don't even know what to add to that. I mean, you hit the nail on the head on the, everything that I liked about it. So, I mean, basically, I just love the fact that the turtles are older. I love the fact that they're all still a family. But that departure that that one reader was talking about, that does happen later on in the series. But I like seeing them together for now. You know, I don't want to see them split up right away. And and let's face it, City at War, that was written, what, 10 years at the time, 10 years before this issue was written? Right, right. So, you know, a lot of people might not have known about that. And they'd read this series, maybe this is their first impression of the Ninja Turtles they read the series and go, wait a minute, why are they all separated? So I like that they're still kind of together at this point. And then later on, they kind of do their own thing. I like how it's kind of a slow burn as far as, you know, what the Utrams are up to, um, who the real villain of the series is, because right now we don't really know. But I like that. I don't mind that. I'm definitely intrigued to see what happens next. And I really like what Casey and April are going through right now. You know, I, I really like that it's a real life issue that people struggle with every day. So mm-hmm. kind of brings everything a little bit closer to reality. And I know we're talking about a Ninja Turtles comic, but somehow it works. Yeah, it's the characters and the story are more mature, and it's not not everything is, like, so clear-cut. Yeah. And there's not an easy fix for everything, you know? No. It's uh, life is a little bit more messy and more complicated, and the story is more mature. So I, I really like that. Absolutely, me too. So, Hoser, how many pieces would you give this out of ten? Uh, I'd probably go with an eight. It's it's really solid. I liked it. Eight would work for me too. It's it's kind of a setup issue, just kind of like the last few have been. But it, it's definitely building to something. You can feel it, especially with the transmat. Something's going on, and I think things are about to get crazy. So, and I'm still waiting for the pizza to go through the. Board. Still waiting for the pizza. Yeah. If that happens, you're good. You can yeah. quit reading the series after that. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, Hoser, we got a uh, cartoon to watch, eh? All right. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Raph, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. So for this screen screen, we're going to be watching The Darkness on the Edge of Town. And this was the sixth episode of the first season of the 2003 series. And this particular episode aired on March 15th of 2003. So can you believe this cartoon episode is already 13 years old? That's crazy, man. I know. It's like, geez, this stuff still feels new to me, you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, so, But yeah, anyways, this was written by Marty Eisenberg, who wrote a lot of X-Men and Spider-Man um, episodes from the cartoons in the 90s, which I, I loved both of those series. So it's kind of neat to see him on board here for the 2003 Turtles series. And of course, the great thing about the 2003 series that, that we all know is definitely is... Splinter's voice. <laughs> That's your favorite. Yeah. Uh, definitely pays homage to the comics, but also there's still some great cheesy humor in there just for you know a lot of the cartoon fans. So it's a nice blend of both. Um, I always love this series. So, And the last episode we watched, it was quite some time ago, was the Nano episode. You remember that one? Nano, Nano. <laughs> Poor Nano, yeah. Yeah, they killed him. They killed him. Yeah, this little kid that got turned into a robot. Yeah. Yeah, it was, so. it was pretty nasty. Kind of made me sad, especially when uh, the the TV head of Nanos made the sad face. Yeah, like, the turtles just hate robots. Like, can you like R two D two came up? They would just like tear them up. Yeah, <laughs> it was like and they'd be like, "Those weren't the droids we were looking for," but we yeah. them anyway. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. Yeah, I know it. 
so okay guys uh, if you want to follow along with us this episode is on YouTube just search up uh, TMNT darkness on the edge of town uh, let's go ahead and watch this thing so we're gonna go ahead and click play in five four three two one and click and we get an opening of water my name is Donatello <laughs> I love these uh, intros. They remind me of the original comic. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you kind of get a little monologue before the episode starts. Yeah. So Donatello's got some night vision goggles on. That can't be good for the environment. Yeah. Just cannon just blasting into the water like that. <laughs> yeah, they should. Uh, they should assemble the uh, the forces of uh, earth, wind, water, and fire. <laughs> Yep. Ninja Turtles. What was that all about? Why was it doing that? I have no idea. Love the red skies. You know, I wonder if they paid kind of homage to the last couple of seasons of the original cartoon with the red skies. Because oh, in the yeah. intro, you see them fight on a rooftop with red skies. That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Man, I'll tell you that, hon. He must work out. I know, man. He's buff. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> that definitely the scene right here with the turtles jumping is yeah. definitely uh homage to the original series oh yeah definitely. yeah being a turtle <laughs> the 2003 series also had a lot of variant intros too i'm pretty sure i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it was the same song but with a couple of tweaks to them as the seasons progressed but the, definitely the cutscenes were different because I saw some later episodes. I always really liked in the original series that some of the clips were from different episodes, and you always tried to figure out which episode it was. Yeah, and you always yeah. get like excited, like, "Oh yeah, that's the one from the intro." Now I always wondered about the one where Splinter jumps into that wooden tunnel. Yeah, I'm guessing that wasn't, but I, I would be sweet if it was. Yeah, or the one where Michelangelo's breakdancing. I'm like, "What is that from?" <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny, we just mentioned this. There's Raphael um, with his roller skates and Michelangelo on a skateboard. I just love this music. <laughs> oh, Scoot and Raph. There it is. That's what it was, Scoot and Raph. He's got a little scooter. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I got to ask you this, man. Did you ever have a BMX or a scooter, like one of those razors? No, no. I, I mean, I had a bike, but that was it. I had a, I had a dino bike with pegs. <laughs> Sweet pegs. Yeah. Sweet, we looked three for the air that time. <laughs> So Splinter is bringing some hot tea. Hands up, sensei. I mean down. Looks like so it's green tea. Ah, healthy for you. Yeah. And he uh, jumped over Raph there. Hey, thanks, sensei. Uh, kids. <laughs> kids. He's like, ah, I'll just watch some TV. He's got chicken oh, soaps. <laughs> nice wiring job, Don. I guarantee it's not my wiring. Maybe it's a blackout. Maybe. Now, you want to get your foot off my shell? <laughs> I always love Michelangelo's voice in the series. Ugh, keep that flame away from Mikey. He scarfed down a whole chili <laughs> pizza for dinner. Clearly, there is a power failure. I suggest you investigate and see I love how they built ramps all over the sewer just for their stuff. Yeah, they got like quarter pipes and half pipes. It's awesome. Now, I, I actually didn't have a razor. My sister did. But I had a mongoose. Oh, dude, those are sweet. Oh yeah, I had a, I had a mongoose. I got that for Christmas, and I was terrible at it. 
Nice. But I, you know, I get like at least two, three inches of air. No, <laughs> I don't think Splinter meant we should investigate this. All right, so now uh, the the uh, turtle air has been blacked down, so now the turtles are on top of rooftop trying to figure out what's going on because the entire city has been blacked out. Apparently, they work for First Energy. Yeah. Emergency lights or something. And apparently, this is the darkness on the edge of town. Look how big the moon is. No kidding. In the background, it was crazy. It was like taking up the whole screen almost. Jeez, what a horrible night for a curse, eh? <laughs> Boy, they are really selling these toys, aren't they? I know. I'm like, I don't remember these all these extreme sports like uh, vehicle or like you know bikes and rollerblades and skip. I'm like, they just came out of nowhere and they just kind of act like the turtles had them the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. There's just like, um, yeah, really? Yeah. Actually, my favorite one out of the line. Um, wasn't uh, Michelangelo? Michelangelo looks awesome. He's my second favorite, but Raph looks really cool. He's a, he's a lot more colorful in the in the toy figure. Yeah. Well, I like Donatello. He just like folded his bike up and stuck it behind a shell. Yeah, that's cool. It was like okay, that's awesome. I yeah, I want to fold. I want to fold a bike. Yeah. All right. So now the uh, foot soldiers they're breaking in. So I'm wondering if they were the ones responsible for the blackout. Oh yeah, they're in a museum and they're trying to steal like some samurai sword. Yeah. And the turtles caught him. And neither do we. Now, before you try to make off with the goods, you might want to consider a few things. One, you're outnumbered. Two, don't let the pretty face. Okay, let me ask you this. You've seen the new Nickelodeon series. Mm -hmm. Do you prefer Raph's voice in 2003 or the Nick series? I like him in the Nick series. I, now, honestly, I think they nail him on, in both, but I think I kind of prefer the one in the 2003 one a little bit better, because I kind of like the more gruff voice for Raph. Uh-huh. Kind of reminds me more of the film, the original film. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Saved by the show. By the show. Nice. <laughs> I always wonder why all the other ninjas kind of just stand there. And, like, watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, go get him, Ralph! I know, it's like, it's not like they're having this huge battle. They're acting like it's like a dance-off or something where it's like one guy at a time. <laughs> oh, he's banging on a gong. Banging on the streetlight? <laughs> <laughs> there was, Donatello just like pulled the bike out from his back and unfolded it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that old samurai soldier, too. It kind of looked like the samurais from the third Turtles film. Oh, jeez. What, you respected maybe the Adams family? <laughs> no, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Actually, no, I wasn't. <laughs> it's the furthest thing I ever think of while watching the turtles. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. As a matter of fact, that was in the trailer. I remember people laughing at it. Oh, I love that music. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, I love that, that kind of samurai style. I know that's not the appropriate probably terminology samurai style music I gotta admit the music in this series is really really good always set the atmosphere alright so now all the foot soldiers they're leaving and they want to get that one sword they're fascinated with that sword for some reason I wonder if Shredder was just fascinated with that sword like I gotta have it in my collection <laughs> We'll you call him Sparky. I think he did. Oh, now we know why. He's uh, making the sword sense. glow. He's like uh, putting some kind of energy beam through the sword and fired it at the turtles. You need like a Hadouken with it. Yeah. How about best two out of three? What was that sword? 
Hold that thought. We got a book. Well, I wonder what kind of book it was. <laughs> that was horrible. Trouble. <laughs> you know something about these ninjas? Oh, so we're, we're really still pretty early in the series because uh, they, they take back the uh, piece of the foot soldier's uniform and they give it to Splinter and Splinter recognizes that it's from the Foot Clan. See, in the very first episode of the original cartoon, we were already at that point. I think it was either at the end of the first episode or the beginning of the second where Splinter figured out that the Foot Clan was involved in New York City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is the sixth episode of the 2003 series, and we're just now getting that. I will meditate upon this matter further. Good night. So, are you still uh, kind of down about Splinter's voice? Underground. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's not growing on you at all? No. <laughs> oh, come on, my son. <laughs> There's more than one way to seek out your enemy. I, I'm not sure how I feel about the logo for the uh, the foot soldiers here. Yeah, it kind of looks like a duck bill. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a weird take on the Star Trek logo or something. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Whoa! Oh, okay, so there's a training scene. So it's uh, Shredder surrounded by his foot soldiers and they all attack him. And Hun's about to bring him some pizza. Oh, no, that's a that's a sword. <laughs> it's like under it's draped under some cloth. I was like, oh, it's pizza. Yeah. He, but he's disappointed. <laughs> so Saki made short work of his for, foot soldiers, of course. And Hun of the Purple Dragons brings the sword. Aw, thanks, Hun. You shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> now I can chop carrots with these. After all these years. I do love his shredder outfit. Okay, let me ask you this. What is your favorite design of the Shredder? Now, are you like a minimalist, where you kind of prefer the Shredder from the first film, um, the Shredder from the comic, uh, 2003 Shredder, Super Shredder? Like, wh what is your favorite? Um, I'd probably say... First would be the original comic, kind of a, like you were saying, like a minimalist, and then second would probably be the, the original movie. Yeah, which which are actually pretty similar. Yeah, there was definitely based off of it. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would go with... I think I really liked him in the second movie, too. I think yeah, I prefer well, the first, but I have to watch the second again to remember. Well, the second he looked the same, didn't he, until he turned into Super Shredder? Yeah, I think was it was different. I think it was pretty close. Yeah, but he might not have been as purple. I'm not sure. Right, right. I did like the sequins. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the turtles—they're kind of been a little defiant here. Um, Splinter saying, "Hey, until we find anything out about find anything more about the Foot Clan, don't go out there." But yet, of course, Raph and uh, a couple of others, their curiosity gets the best of them, and they end up sneaking out. There's that moon again. Jeez. No wonder the water's up so much. Donatello said it! Oh, he did! <laughs> Put those Put away. Those away. And he, he takes it right from him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, we need to make a video and like dub that that sound over this. 
Oh, that was the best. <laughs> oh, jeez. I wonder if they, they, they couldn't have meant to do that. I don't know, man. I came prepared. Ah, you never know. I've worked out all the theoretical aerodynamics. It's practically I wonder if that was a toy right there with a parachute like that. Or hang gliding. Oh, yeah, probably. That looks a lot like the Star Trek symbol there. Yeah, it does. No problem. Oh, you know what his goggles look like? The goggles from uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are they heavy? Then they're expensive. Put them away. <laughs> Put them away. <laughs> Put those hey, that away. Guy. Put them <laughs> So they're searching for something under the water. They, they apparent foot clan. I guess that's. You would think somebody would notice that, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> There's like this huge electric beam shooting it's into the huge. water. Yeah, you you would think so, but. Yeah. So they're using the sword as some kind of beacon to fire this cannon through this water for some particular reason. That's all we know right now. So Donatello. Oh, wow, he's going right in there. Yeah, he's not even trying to be a ninja. So he's losing altitude and he crashes into the water. Oh yeah. Don, can you hear me? Say something, bud. That's a pretty good cannonball. <laughs> I give it a 9.95. <laughs> nice. And this is from a turtle who lives in the sewer. Wait, what happened? I missed that. I don't know. They're excited about him living in the sewer. I'm not sure. I don't know. Wow, look at that cell phone. Shell phone. <laughs> nice. That just means the others are hiding. Oh, that's awesome. There's like a pirate ship behind him. Oh, Ninja yeah. pirates! That's like the best. Oh, that's cool. Kind of reminds me of um, Turtles in Time where they're on the pirate ship. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. That was awesome. Wow, what did Leatherhead say in that? It was like something bury my shell at wounded knee or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great action sequences in this cartoon. The animation here was phenomenal. And if you guys want to see us play Turtles in Time, we got a video of it. Yeah, yeah, I gotta put that up on our um, feed. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. If you want to see our ugly mugs in person trying to stumble across uh, Turtles in Time, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> man, that was a fun time, man. Yeah. I had such a great birthday with you guys. That was awesome. Oh, it was great. There, it looks like this is opening some kind of it's, thing it's, beneath the crust here, the Earth's crust. We found what we're looking for. Bring in aerial support. Shiver me timbers and blow me down. Okay, about that blow me down part. Oh, there it is. Ah. I like the music. Yeah, swashbuckling Leo. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a there's a corpse at the bottom of the uh, oh, at the bottom of the sea or lake or whatever it is. Yeah. And they they use this beam to part part the seas, <laughs> and now they're grabbing the uh, grabbing the body with a helicopter. Who says I never cut you a break? Yeah, I wonder what that body is. It's, uh... Somebody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. 
So Donatello just hit one of the foot soldiers. Yeah, stub them in the toe. Yeah. <laughs> Sent on a little life raft. I think this Wait, did you say life raft? The most improved. Oh. <laughs> I did. Yeah, what Get is to that the chopper. Get to do it now. <laughs> Yeah, the music is pretty cool. <laughs> oh, did I tell you I found a uh, Valentine's card um, for for Chris Tibet, uh and it's <laughs> had a picture of Arnold on it from uh, Kindergarten Cop. Uh -huh. It says he's holding a rose and he's looking uh, looking right at the camera and he goes, "Roses are red, violets are blue. Who is your daddy and what does he do?" <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! So see, no, nothing says I love you like Arnold. That's right. Alright, so now the guys who opened the portal, they're surrounded by the turtles. They got these weird lasers. Oh. Uh -oh. One of the turtles knocked him over, and his laser beam actually went through the control panel of the cannon, and now it's flashing, and the sword is freaking out. There's smoke everywhere. Mass hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cats and dogs, living together. together. <laughs> Man, they made a heck of a jump to grab that. Yeah, that was awesome. They yeah, jeez, they jumped like 10 feet in the air to get that helicopter. <laughs> Got like 10 feet of air that time. <laughs> <laughs> they better get off that thing. It's going to blow up. There it is. The cannon is now turning and pointing towards the city. I guess so. I think we got bigger problems. Oh, no, the dock. And now it's going to... Oh. That's how Super Shredder dies. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is what I love about this series. Like, it, Donatello, of course, he, he finds a way. Leo's like, Donatello, can you, can you fix this? I can give it a try. And, of course, you know he's going to fix it. <laughs> but, like, the, I think the Turtles would have been dead years ago if it weren't for Donatello. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hurry up, Don, before we end up on America's Most Wanted Reptiles. America's Most Wanted Reptiles. Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> If you have any information leading oh, to the gosh. capture of these You're scaring me. <laughs> right? Oh, what a creepy show. Yeah, wasn't that creepy? Oh, and Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, yeah. Lord. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah that's what I... Me yeah, too. that was so creepy, wasn't it? Oh, And then, gosh. like, you wouldn't be able to sleep. You'd, like, think you heard something at your window. Yeah. And, like, it's like, oh, I got, give me the phone. He's here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and well, even the host was creepy. I forget his name, but... Uh, yeah, it was... He had this voice. Very scary. Whoa. Well, now they've they've uh, blown the whole transmat down. And Donatello had a uh, foot soldier uh, arm. You see that? He's got like some kind of armor. Oh, I missed it. The hand holding the sword. He's got like a foot, a foot soldier, um, a gauntlet or something on his arm that he's holding the sword with. Ah, sweet. The design is unmistakably eleven. <laughs> I can't stand that voice. 
Is that your only pet fee from the 2003 series so far? I think so. Well, that's, that's not that bad. That, that's pretty good. Well, now they got that sword, and Orokusaki's not happy about it. Longer than you can possibly imagine, my enemies have managed to elude me. Here at last is proof of their presence in this city, and all it cost me was the soul of Tank You. Master. No, Tank You. Extenuate <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it's so bad. Ah, terrible. It's a good thing Josh isn't here. He probably would have. Ah, he would probably yeah. Just oh. Side. oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a picture of four ninjas that look like the turtles. That was really cool looking. It was cool. Good lord, look how big Hun is. I know. He's like four different guys. They had to, they had to, that's why the doorway is so big. You wouldn't fit through a normal door. <laughs> I love how you can kind of see his um, Shredder's armor in the background, but it doesn't fully show it. So you're always thinking, oh, there it is. Yeah, you're waiting for him to bust it out. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, this was a pretty good uh, episode. Uh, fight scenes were great. Uh, music, of course, was great. Sets up the whole Foot Clan storyline and how now we know Rokusaki's aware of the Turtles and possibly Splinter and Splinter is definitely aware that the Foot Clan is out there so now you've got your two main adversaries aware of each other's presence here so uh, pretty good setup episode um, I, I really liked it what about you Jose yeah I think uh, it's it, it was pretty decent it was um, it was entertaining you're trying to figure out what's going on from the beginning. It wasn't exactly straightforward. It held my attention. It was pretty good. And, uh, yeah, and it had the uh, um, the Corey Feldman part, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of it. Uh, that was, that was yeah. pretty awesome. I came prepared. <laughs> yeah. And then he, like, yanks the goggles off this one guy, like, put that away. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, so how many slices of, or how many 11th century samurai swords would you give this? Um, I'd probably say, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best episode ever, but it was okay. I'd probably say like six and a half. It was all right. Yeah, six and a half, uh, seven, something like that. It's another setup kind of episode. We've gotten a couple of those. I actually kind of enjoyed the one-off with Nano a little bit more. Um, just because, I don't know why, I just really, really liked that episode and always kind of felt bad for poor Nano. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was pretty cool because you can see now where the season's going. We, we get a little bit more insight into Orokusaki's motive. We don't know exactly what they've retrieved from the bottom of the water yet, but there's something going on there. Pretty good setup episode, just like the comic was a good setup issue. So I give it seven uh, swords out of ten, too. So, all right, Hoser. Well, that wraps it up, doesn't it? It does. You know, I, I've been meaning to do this for a while now, um, and I always forget. Listeners, we, we want to be more interactive with you guys uh we we want to kind of get you guys more involved in the show and uh i've dropped the ball on that i don't kind of forget to w let you guys know where you can reach us um we're on facebook uh just facebook.com slash turtleflakes uh we have our own websites turtleflakes.com where a lot of our backlogged episodes are and of course we're on itunes podomatic and if you ever want to reach out to us on Facebook, send us a message. Just kind of let us know you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. That that's the main thing. Like I love to, I love to know who's listening. Just because you never know. You know, it's like 
is there anybody from outside the country that's listening? How cool would that be to hear from somebody from overseas? So if you ever want to reach out to us, our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. So it'd be cool to, to, to hear from somebody. So if you're out there and you're listening, if you send us an email, maybe I'll send uh, a little something your way. Maybe, maybe I'll try to figure something out there. But uh, definitely be Ninja Charles related. So, Hoser, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out today's totally tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? Well, you know, I think uh, April's popcorn sounded pretty good. Yeah, I can't remember the ingredients. on. Was it uh, yeast and... Brewer's yeast and lemon pepper. All right, Brewer's yeast and lemon pepper wings. Or wings. Jeez, listen, wings. I'm swinging it. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, man. Oh, that sounds oh. good. See, I love lemon pepper wings. Oh, that does sound pretty good. Oh, all right, dudes, to do that. Well, here's to hoping you you enjoy your brewer's yeast and uh, lemon pepper popcorn pizza. Cowabunga, oh, dudes. Cowabunga. <laughs> I, I stumbled over that like crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Hoser, man. I, hey, I, I didn't tell you. Um, I ordered a pizza. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's it's from the new place uh, right up the road. It, they just opened up. It's called Five Guys at TCRIs. Oh, well, that's a weird name. Well, yeah, no kidding. Well, I, oh. I didn't I didn't get pepperoni this time because you hogged all the pepperoni last time. So no, I dude, got, that was you. No way, no, I you. didn't. I didn't. Well, I so, got dibs uh, on the first piece. Well, I get to open up the box, and I get to select what the first piece is, okay? Oh, you're going to give me the small All right, so here we go. Oh, take off. Will you stop What would you order on this one? I got... Brewers, uh, uh, well, I was thinking jelly beans and, and uh, uh, bacon. And Dude. marshmallows. Dude, you know I hate marshmallows. Oh, Put you those love away. Marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet. Well, uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna open it, okay, so we can get the, uh, you know, the, the first kind of major whiff of our masterpiece pizza. Do you want napkins? Um, napkins? No way, man. I got a shirt. <laughs> You're supposed to say what for? Oh, what for? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I'm hungry. Let's open. This All up. right, let's do this thing. Josh Witt and Rob, you want to say hi? You say hi. Did you disconnect us? Oh. Oh, he was ashamed to, he was ashamed to see us, eh? Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, Josh's face is a little too much for the kids. <laughs> Better put the young ones away. No way. <laughs> yeah, I really need to get a webcam. I'm about the only one who doesn't have one now. I'm too ugly, man. I was like Kevin. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> Like in the very first episode, they're tossing ice cream sandwiches, and like he misses his. That's <laughs> so like he's oh, like yeah. in the air. <laughs> I love it. I love it when Stanley and Michael get into the fight, and then they have uh, um, they have him like trying to narrate it. He's like, on one hand, you have Michael, and he's really <laughs> bad, and then you have Stanley, and he's really mad too. That's <laughs> awesome. But the, well, okay, but I got a question for you. What is the one day where Michael Scott and Stanley get along? Let's go there. Ah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a day. 
two days ago. So. Very good. But on pretzel day, oh, I like pretzel. <laughs> yeah. I like they're booing the people cutting in line. Like, boo! Yeah. Get to the back of the line, Phyllis. Nobody likes you. Oh, even if they say no, I'm showing up anyways. It's you're, happening. You're gonna crash the, <laughs> crash the party. That's right. Mid mid interview, like cut the music. Yeah. Jay Weezy's here. Yeah. <laughs> Rort Steady's ready. I thought I was Oroku Saki. Well, Oroku Saki definitely makes a lot of sense. It's just tough to say. It's not like I'm trying to say it. it sounds like we're drunk. Oroku Saki. <laughs> I remember about a year back, you and Josh were talking, you and Jay Weezy were talking about the next mutation, and Jay Weezy was talking smack about how nobody's going to have a Venus de Milo t-shirt, and so I have a <laughs> Venus de Milo t-shirt that I was wearing yesterday for what? the podcast. I didn't even know yeah. they made those. Yeah, I had to buy it from Japan, so I had to have it shipped. So. <laughs> who, wants to, who wants to take us in? I want to hear Rourke's duty take us in. Oh! Oh no! You gotta oh, do on. it, man. Come on, buddy. <laughs> <sighs> I can't. I can't. Keep in mind, I can't scream cowabunga like you did last time because <laughs> got babies asleep. So, Harry, I took care of it. <laughs> His head fell off. Yeah, he was getting pretty old. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Dude, you gotta see. We gotta see if that's on vinyl. Oh, you know, I bet you it is. Dude, I'm searching that up right now. I guarantee it is because that was early '90s. Oh man, that Uh-oh. would be ridiculous. Uh, well, don't don't tell me. I know your dog's name. Um, oh, she's she's a sweetheart. What's her name? Searching Roxy. Yeah, there you go. Roxy, Roxy. I kind of forgot. I was actually I had a little rubber ball I was gonna send with uh, that package. I completely forgot to put in there. Oh. Cookie, Cookie's got like six of them, so I was gonna have a present from Cookie to Roxy. You know? <laughs> let me let me see. App, uh, was it Out of Our Shells? The name of the album? I think so. Out of Our Shells vinyl. Wow, it's crazy though. There's actually a lot of. I looked on eBay, Ninja Turtles records. There's actually a lot of stuff here. Really? Oh, it's dude. I'm surprised. So they have... I've never seen this before, but the 1990 original soundtrack, it's a Spain LP with MC Hammer. $60 or best offer. Wow. 60 bucks. And then there's another one. Israel Only Rare Live 12-inch single-in Hebrew mint Ninja Turtles. And it's it's got the Ninja Turtles on it. It's got Hebrew on it. And I think that it's got them with instruments, so I think that's probably actually it. But it's probably in, in Hebrew, and it's a hundred bucks. Man, look how serious uh, Raphael looks with that saxophone. Yeah, that's crazy. Like he, he seriously looked in 1991. That'd be right around the time. Wow. Oh. I, I'm kind of curious. I'm gonna see, see if there's a track listing here. Um. Uh, well, I can't read it. Let's yeah sure. Yep, this is it. Cause it um in parentheses it says go straight. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then the other ones, you can trust me. It's Yesh Al Mi Lishmach. Lishmach. You can read it? No, I was just clearing my throat. <laughs> okay, yogurt. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, just plain yogurt. Yogurt, I hate yogurt! <laughs> Even with strawberries! <laughs> uh, they had matured now that they had that they had seen hardship, hardships of life. And, oh gosh, my eyes are so bad, I can't, I'm gonna have to get this closer to me. Old I know, I know, I don't have my glasses <laughs> on, jeez. Alright, dudes and dudes, well here's to hope you enjoy your brewer's yeast and lemon pepper pop. Jeez, I almost got it. I almost got it. <laughs> See, we need, don't Josh, hurt yourself, we need Josh to work back on the show to close it. 